Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you, as we are so blessed to be able to share this hour together every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I pray you're having a blessed day, a happy day, a holy day on this January 27th, the Feast of St. Angela Marici. <laughs> and I know that because... Our daughter's name is Angela, so Angela Marici. I like saying that. Uh, so a uh, happy feast day to all you Angelas out there, or as I call, uh, I want to say my little girl. My little girl was turning 30 years old in March. Now, she wouldn't mind me saying that, but uh, always called her Angelina, my little angel. So uh, happy feast day to Angela and all of you Angelas listening. Now today... Uh, there is no video because I'm pre-recording just a little bit earlier today. I had to leave the building um, earlier than normal today. Cheryl and I have a little a little adventure this evening. <laughs> I think as we get older, we're getting a little more childlike. <laughs> no, really, I mean, it's beautiful. We're going to be able to see our, our grandchildren a little bit this this evening. So um want to get as much time in there as possible during these days of pandemic. But anyway, I'm happy you're here, my friends. And uh, it is Wednesday, and today uh, the Holy Father uh, did give his Wednesday general audience, so I will share some of that with you today. And uh, also, um, today's reading. I love today's reading. I just love today's gospel, the sower and the seed. And, and there's a wonderful reflection in in conversation with God from Father Fernandez, I want to share some of that with you. Uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful reflection. So uh, we'll get to that as well. But first, as always, my brothers and sisters, we are going to pray. And so I invite you, wherever you are, to join me in praying together as family for all of your special intentions. And we're remembering again the. Uh, a happy repose of the soul of a dear friend of the apostolate, kind of a family member, um, and uh, who passed away suddenly uh, last, uh, I guess, a couple, few days ago, Monday, Sunday, maybe. And we're praying for his family and, uh, again, the happy repose of his soul. Uh, remember to please pray for us here, Domestic Church Media, um, some exciting things going on, and I'm praying this year, 2021, will be a year that we'll see a, an explosion of coverage <laughs> reaching more and more people. And I can't get into the details yet. I don't want to uh, get too too. Uh, I don't want to get too much ahead of myself. I want to get everything in place uh, for the big announcement. But anyway, we'll pray for that and um, all of your intentions. And again, I thank all of you 
You know, as I read the mail and I go through our mail every day, uh, thanks be to God, so many of you write these beautiful little notes and ask for prayer. And those of you that do ask for prayer, you can still be assured, as I did throughout Advent and Christmas, I bring them into the chapel of the Holy Family and pray for you and your intentions before the tabernacle. Of course, this coming Monday already is February 1st, <laughs> the first Monday in February, which means our dear friend uh, Bruce DeBacco will be here. Weather permitting, I'm seeing now there might be a chance of some type of inclement weather. Uh, you know, Bruce and Linda come down from the Flemington area, so we certainly don't want them to uh, take any chances if the weather is not cooperating with uh, safe travel. So uh, hopefully he'll be able to be here live 3 o'clock on, on Monday, but uh, we'll see what the weather does. Um, let's pray that weather away, get it out of here, uh, and have Bruce here live behind the mic at 3 o'clock on Monday coming up, February 1st. But uh, as he is here, and when he does come here, we do share with uh, him all of the prayer requests that you bring us. And February will be the first Monday will be the only day that Bruce will be here in February because uh, Cheryl and I take our little winter vacation uh, in mid-February, and, and uh, we won't be here for that. So anyway, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Let's just pray we get through this day <laughs> before we get too far ahead of ourselves. So let's now gather, and uh, again, through all these wonderful means of communication that we use, all these platforms of, of communication that are available to us that the Lord allows us to be on, we come out and reach out to you right now. Let's hold hands. You know, we can do that virtually. Uh, the, the world has been doing it for the past 10, 11 months, and uh, certainly we've been doing it uh, on all of our media platforms. And uh, if you are listening live on one of our domestic church media radio stations, the other day, Cheryl and I, we, we had to take a quick jaunt down uh, uh, to the South Jersey area, and um, I was happy to hear the 1260 a.m. was... <laughs> playing loud and clear down there near the Delaware Memorial Bridge. I don't know how that happens, but it was. So you never know where the signal's going and, and who we're reaching. Um, but uh, uh, we thank God for that, and we thank God for the opportunity to reach as many people as possible. So wherever you are and however you're listening or watching, because we are, you know, normally come to you live on our YouTube and Facebook channel, not doing that today, video, no video today, but uh, uh, normally reach you there as well. Let's now gather as brothers and sisters in the Lord and raise our hearts and minds to the throne of Almighty God, and we're going to pray this beautiful prayer, consecrating our families to the Holy Family of Nazareth. So let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace. As you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer, we entrust our family to you. O Blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. O Saint Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. 
Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous toward those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And we'll pray the prayers our Holy Father asked us to pray to St. Michael the Archangel and also the prayer to our Blessed Mother, the ancient prayer, the Subtum Presidium prayer, uh, praying, as the Holy Father asked, to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And, of course, we've added the intention to protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Jesus, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, we fly, to the, your protect, we fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God, do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Saint Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, thank you, my friends, as always, praying together. A wonderful way to start our time here. And uh, thanking all of you again for your continued support and prayers. And I'm just encouraging you, please. You know, these are uh, traditionally very lean months for us uh, financially to January, February, March. Now, of course, um, because we had our radiothon in the first week in December which was pushed back from last spring because of the pandemic. We're not going to have a spring radiothon. Um, so, again, it kind of everything is, is, is out, of, out of whack a little bit. So. But the bottom line in all of this is please, 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 whatever you do, please support this work. We, we need you. Uh, you know, we did raise $144,000 in uh, the first week in December at our Radiothon. And that figure, $144,000, represents about 50% of what we need for an entire year. So, you know, we go back and forth, okay, if our need is great enough, we have to have a Radiothon again. And I, I don't like doing that so close, Uh so I'm just asking you, please, if you can, maybe a little extra over the next couple of months, if you can. Uh, maybe some of you have come into some, uh, whether it's inheritance or uh, some other uh, financial uh, windfall there, and you might want to share some of that with us. We certainly would appreciate it. Um, we we need you, and in these these months, you know, the, when I talk about the 144,000 that we raised in. Um, December, that's great. As I said, 50% of what we need for an entire year. But I also have to remind you that uh, from the pandemic, uh, when that all began last spring, uh, through the summer and the fall, um, we we were short by December 1st. We were short by about $48,000. So 
take that 144000 and subtract 48000 from it to kind of pay the till, you know, that we had to drain uh, over the, the, the months leading up to that. So, again, it's – but you know what? I, I, I tell the Lord every day. He, uh, he, he certainly has been so, so wonderful to us in, in, uh, throughout our entire existence here. We've had our lean, our lean times and our scary times. Uh, trust me on that one. And, uh, but the Lord always sees us through, and he sees us through through you. He inspires your heart to say, you know what? I got this little extra money. I can give it to domestic church media. Because you know what, my friends? I tell you, and we say it during the Radiothon all the time, it, it's not just you know allowing us to pay our bills. Yes, that's, the mo- that's an important part of it. But because we can pay our bills, we're able to keep this voice proclaiming the gospel message. And now, now, now more than ever, when uh, um, uh, mainstream and secular media is uh, being so um, biased in so many areas uh, and and with the cancel culture, we're seeing even some media outlets being threatened with it being shut down. We saw uh, the parlor, um, social media being shut down completely. Uh, you know, and, and and this may one day trickle down to religious media, uh, and we need to keep this voice proclaiming the gospel message loudly and boldly. And you know, we're going to talk about it a little later on today's gospel: the spreading of the seed, the sower and the seed, and that's what we're doing here through these broadcasts. The seed is being sown, and we'll talk more about that later on. But it's because of you that we are able to do that. So please, again, I just throw it out there. If you can, in any way, over the, this month, next month, and, and, and uh, into March, into the spring, to help us in a special way, whatever way you can. As I said, a little extra here or there would be a great gift to us. So thank you. I hate to talk money. Ah, it's the worst part of this job. But I do have to, as steward, be open with you and share with you what our needs are and just to kind of prepare us as we move ahead over the next few months during these times. Okay, so let's go to uh, the Holy Father and uh, this morning over in Rome, because it is Wednesday, the Holy Father had his uh, general audience, and today uh, he was also commemorating um, and remembering the Holocaust and he said that these are things that can never, I'm sorry, these are things that can happen again. Uh, it's the anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz in uh, Poland uh, today. And the Holy Father said, we commemorate the victims of the Holocaust and all those persecuted and deported by the Nazi regime. Uh, to remember is an expression of humanity. Remembrance is a sign of civilization. To remember is a condition for a better future of peace and fraternity. Pope Francis said remembrance also uh, means being careful because these things can happen again, starting with ideological proposals that are intended to save a people and end up destroying a people and humanity. Be aware of how this road of death, extermination, and brutality began. Um, you know, I, I, I and he, then he went on to his, and we'll get to this in a second, his teaching on prayer. Uh, but since it is uh, today that we remember the Holocaust and the horrors of uh, what went on uh, during those years of, of Nazi rule in uh, Europe, 
Um, I was reading, and there's actually a National Holocaust Museum website, and I happened to have come to that. I was just curious about uh, information about the Holocaust and about um, the Nazi regime and how how it really was able to take power and and take over uh, in just a few years. But one of the things that the uh, Nazi the uh, uh, Third Reich did was create what they called. First of all, it was a a a, a, um, a department of of uh, of propaganda, and um, they changed it. They changed the name there. They changed it to um, the, the department or the, whatever they refer to it of of enlightenment, and it was under the direction of Joseph Goebbels. And the scheme was, and the intent was, and what they did was take over the media. They took control of, in those days, radio, film, books, uh, newspapers, and began to present to the people one side— their own intentions, their own agenda. And that's how they began to control the people. And it's pretty scary when you think about it. And the Holy Father saying, remembrance, and we need to remember these things and never forget because this can happen again. You know, the, one of the, one of the, the catchphrases or, or, uh, that they use for the Holocaust is never again. But we have to be so much aware of what's going on. I was, there was something, ha- uh, an interview with an individual I was reading a, a week or so ago saying that Christian persecution is on the horizon. Christian persecution. So we have to remember these things. And that's why I say it's so important to have an apostolate such as this to broadcast the truth. <laughs> that what you get here will be what you need. There's no spin here on anything. It's what you need to live a holy life, to help you live a holy life, and help you on this journey to the Father's house. That's why we're here. That's why we need this, to proclaim the truth. So, that being said, we'll move on to the Holy Father's Catechesis on Prayer, which he began in May and and resumed uh, in October. He dedicated Wednesday's audience uh, to the prayerful reading of the Bible. The Holy Father said the words of sacred scripture were not written to remain imprisoned on papyrus, parchment, or paper, but to be received by a person who prays, making them blossom in his or her heart. Pope Francis said, although a particular Bible verse was set down centuries ago, we should remember that it was also written for us. He said this experience happens to uh, all believers. I missed my place there. This thing out of here. Sometimes things just pop up on my computer. I don't know where they come from and how they got there, but I got to get it out of here. Um, excuse me. I'm sorry. Let me go here, here, here. Okay. Although a particular Bible verse was set down, we should remember that it was also written for us. This experience happens to all believers, Pope Francis said. Um. 
from the scripture, heard many times already, unexpectedly speaks to me one day and enlightens the situation that I'm living. Have you ever done that where, uh, you know, you may have just opened the Bible and asked the Holy Spirit to, to guide you and lead you? I've done this on occasion, and, and, and take me to a particular chapter and verse that's going to—I need to hear right now, or I need to read right now. And then all of a sudden, um, this speaks to our heart directly, you know, and this is the living Word of God. This is why it's not something that was just written thousands of years ago for that time. It was written for us, Pope Francis reminds us. But it's necessary that I, that day, be present for the appointment with the Word, be there listening to the Word. You know, we have the beautiful uh, uh, teaching uh, uh, from the Word of God at every Mass we attend. You know, we have the Liturgy of the Word. God speaks directly to us during the Holy Sacrifice through His Word. And we need to make sure, you know, that we are, are listening and opening our hearts so that word can take root. And we're going to, again, get into today's gospel, talk about the sowing of the seed. Well, that seed is being sown in, in sacred liturgy during the uh, proclamation of the word of God. Are our hearts fertile soil for that word to take root at that time during liturgy? Um. The Holy Father said, God sows seeds in us every day, but whether they take root depends on how prayerful and open our hearts are as we approach the Scriptures. Pope Francis said, uh, through prayer, a new incarnation of the Word takes place, and we are the tabernacles where the words of God want to be welcomed and preserved so that they may visit the world. So think about that image. Through prayer, he said, there's a new incarnation, in a sense, of the Word with a capital W, Jesus himself and the Word of God, takes place. And we are the tabernacles where the words of God want to be welcomed and preserved. That's us. But we have to be open to reception. We have to be willing to receive that Word. And he said, that way the Word can visit the world. Because we carry that word out, again, talking about our discipleship, as we talked about yesterday, our apostleship, taking what we have been given and embraced, and so much so that it's become a part of us, that we can take it out into the world. And the Holy Father said, this is why we must approach the Bible without ulterior motives— Without exploiting it, the believer does not turn to the Holy Scriptures to support his or her own philosophical and moral view, but because he or she hopes for an encounter. We encounter God in his word. You know, I, I we, we have our bulletin board, and of course right now everything is kind of virtual. There's nothing really happening face to face. There isn't, there is, but not many things happening face to face. But I know in the past, and I'm, I'm sure again in the future, maybe even now, there are virtual Bible studies taking place in our listening areas. People who get authentic uh, Bible study guides that lead them and guide them through the study, because you want to be sure that uh, your interpretation of Scripture is uh, um, uh, according to the magisterial teachings of the Church— and to really delve into the Word of God. 
And, uh, you know, this is something, and, and we celebrated this past Sunday, the Holy Father asked us the third Sunday of, of uh, Ordinary Time be celebrated as Word of God Sunday to really make ourselves aware of the power of the Word in, his script, in the Scriptures. And the Holy Father continued saying that, um, you know, we're not going into Scriptures to su- just to support our own philosophical or moral view, but because we hope to, uh, for an encounter. The believer knows that Scriptures were written in the Holy Spirit and that, therefore, in the same Spirit, they must be welcomed and understood so that the encounter can occur. The Holy Father said it annoyed him when he heard Christians reciting Bible verses like parrots. He stressed that it was important not only to quote verses, but also to have encountered Jesus in them. So it's one thing to have this knowledge of of chapter and verse, to be able to recite, but we should also take that word, what we are reciting or or saying, uh, to encounter Jesus in those words. The Holy Father says that as we read the Scriptures, we should allow them to read us. And it is a grace to be able to recognize oneself in this passage or that character in this or that situation. You know, we, I think we all do that as well, especially when it comes to those encounters that our, our, Lord, our Lord has in Scripture. You know, the, uh, the, the, the sinners and, and the tax collectors and those who he chastises and those who he reminds, you know, and those who he's, of course, everybody who he saves. We can go through our own daily existence and point out situations where we have been able to uh, liken ourselves to those uh, individuals in Scripture. The Holy Father said the Bible was not written for generic humanity, but for us, men and women in flesh and blood, men and women who have first and last names, like, like you, like me. And he said the Word of God, infused with the Holy Spirit when it is received with an open heart, does not leave things as they were before. And that is the grace and the power of the Word of God. You know, have you had that experience, my brothers and sisters, where you've opened Scripture, and you've really felt a a deep encounter with God in the sense that it has changed you. You you left after having read a particular passage, let's say, with an open heart, and you're leaving things and leaving the Word in a different way as a different person, you know, with, with a great grace and power because you were open to that grace. And then the Holy Father reflected on the method of praying with the Bible known as Lectio Divina, which originated in monasteries but is now used by lay Catholics in the world, all over the world. I'm sure some of you listening right now do that. Explaining this method, he said, it is first of all a matter of reading the biblical passage attentively I would say with obedience to the text, to understand what it means in and of itself, one then enters into dialogue with Scripture so that those words become a cause for meditation and prayer. While remaining faithful to the text, I begin to ask myself what it says to me. 
And he described this as a delicate step in the process because there is a danger of falling into a purely subjective interpretation of Bible verse. He said that Christians could avoid this trap by relying on the living way of tradition with a capital T to interpret passages. And that's so important, you know, that people understand that, especially as you enter into Bible study, that you 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 rely on the living way of, of church tradition as you interpret passages, that you we interpret them with the heart and mind of the church. And then Holy Father says the last step of Lectio Divina is contemplation. Words and thoughts give way here to love, as between lovers who sometimes look at each other in silence. The biblical text remains but like a mirror, like an icon to be contemplated in this way, there is dialogue, and the Holy Father underlined the benefits of prayerfully reading the Bible. Through prayer, he said, the Word of God comes to abide in us, and we abide in it. The Word inspires good intentions and sustains actions. It gives us strength and serenity, and even when it challenges us, it gives us peace. He said, on weird or confusing days, it guarantees to the heart a core of confidence and of love that protects it from the attacks of the evil one. This is why I love the... Uh, uh, the liturgy of the hours, because there's so much scripture in there, and you know you start your day with with the morning prayer and um, uh, the readings, and of course if you're able to get the Holy Mass, if you can't get the Holy Mass, you certainly have access to right from our domestic church media mobile app. You have access to the to the daily readings. You can read the the Word of God with the, for the day. And the Holy Father says this will this will protect us if we allow it, to, from the attacks of the enemy, of the evil one. And finally, the Holy Father said that Christian life was at once a work of obedience and creativity. The Holy Scriptures are an, ex, an inexhaustible treasure. And he said, may the Lord grant to all of us to draw ever more from them through prayer. And again, that's one of the obvious uh, great fruits of uh, being able to attend daily Mass, if you can, you know, with the reception of Holy Communion, but also being fed by God's Word. And if you can't get to daily Mass, you certainly have access to the daily readings. If you have the free Domestic Church Media mobile app, it's right there every day. The daily readings are there. You can read uh, the Scripture for the day. Uh, if you listen to the Mass, of course, it's there. You hear a great homily that we present to you every noon. Uh, but getting into the Word of God is so important uh, today. Because, and as we'll see in, in, in a little bit, we come back from break, uh, going into today's gospel that teaches about the sower and the seed and how important it is for that seed of the Word to fall upon fertile ground in us, in our hearts, to be open to that Word and to live that Word and to understand it. But again, as Holy Father pointed out, and, and I'm, I'm glad he did, that it's always important to ensure that when we do any type of Bible study or interpretation, that we, re we rely on the living way of church tradition through the heart and mind of the church in our interpreting its passages. Very important, because, uh, you know, it can go off in a, in a different direction, and people can, you know, make it uh, twist things and make it uh, apply to their own personal uh, need at the time. But 
through church tradition is so important. And there are great Bible studies out there, great um, um, reflections. And again, I go through, uh, if you don't have it, and I'm going to go to it when we come back from break, this beautiful reflection in conversation with God uh, by Father Fernandez, which uh, gives outstanding teaching and interpretation and, uh, of each, each reading of each day. Um, I highly recommend it. It's called In Conversation with God. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, and today's reading, especially the parable of the sower and the seed, uh, it, it's just something that I think my brothers and sisters, you know, we, we uh, for this particular, for me personally, this particular gospel uh, speaks volumes, especially in the work that we do here, you know, because we, uh, we know that there's great work to be done, and the seeds are being sown through what we do here. So let me take a quick break. I'll come back, and we'll go to the um, go to the uh, today's gospel, and then the reflection by Father Fernando. So stay. We are more to come on Come to Me. Sixty seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. In the history of the world, only one tomb has ever had a rock roll before it and a soldier set to guard it to prevent a dead man from rising. And that was the tomb of Christ on the evening of the Friday called Good. What spectacle could be more ridiculous than armed soldiers keeping their eyes on a corpse? But sentinels were set lest the dead walk, the silent speak, and the pierced heart quicken to the throb of life. They said he was dead. They knew he was dead. They said he would never rise again. And yet they watched. They remembered that he called his body the temple, and that in three days after they had destroyed it, he would rebuild it. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. One of the things that we often think about in our spiritual lives is how to do something big for God. But really, most of the time, we should focus on how we can do something small for God. It's these small things that help us consecrate our ordinary daily activities and help us do everything for Jesus Christ. Catholic Answers Live. Heard right here on Domestic Church Media, weeknights at 6. When you give in to thinking that's ripping you to shreds, that deflates your confidence, that caves into all your fear, you're not just thinking negatively. You're thinking in a way that's unholy. God wants His people to face everyday life not just redeemed from sin, but with redeemed attitudes, redeemed thinking, a redeemed sense of who they are. Stop beating yourself up between your ears all day. No wonder why you look tired all the time. St. Paul wrote, We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You should think like someone who believes in a God who created you with purpose, who gives meaning to every experience, even suffering, who bestowed dignity and royalty upon you, and who destined you for eternal glory. And why should you think that way? Because it's all true. So when the way you think builds you up instead of ripping you down, that's not just positive thinking. That's godly and holy thinking. 
This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com on EWTN Radio. Father Benedict Groeschel. They're all legitimate differences of opinion in any religion. There are differences of opinion in Catholicism. But in Catholicism, you expect that people will take the teaching of its supreme authority seriously. To go diametrically opposed to those teachings is to not be a Catholic. Someone in the name of Catholicism is sponsoring the destruction of human life, lives of unborn children. And they got the name Catholic on the door. The highest authority in Catholicism and the encyclical Humanae Vitae, Evangelium Vitae, is absolutely clear that no Catholic can support abortion and that Catholics are responsible to take serious action against legalized abortion. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Every single day, I get to help our listeners of the Sunrise Morning Show wake up, find out what's going on in the church and the world, and then walk with them as we all seek to grow in knowledge and love of Jesus Christ and the Catholic faith. I mean, how could it get any better? The Sunrise Morning Show with Anna Mitchell and Matt Swain. Heard right here on Domestic Church Media weekday mornings at 7. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. It's like the the brides, you know, 10 were very, very fervent, and they had oil in their lamp, and they had oil, extra oil. Here were 10 that didn't, had oil in their lamps, but no extra oil. Here the bridegroom is coming, and those who had just the oil in their lamp all went out. They said, give me some of your oil. And they said, hey, we can't, lest we too run out. Now, the first thought in your mind is they're uncharitable. Why didn't they share, right? I know what you're thinking. I thought the same thing. But see, when we die, my friends, when the bridegroom calls you and me, there's no more time to get oil. You've had five years, 10 years, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. You gotta repent. You got to go ahead of time and put oil in that lamp. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. All righty, welcome back on this lovely January 27th, the Feast of St. Angela Marici. Uh, happy feast day, happy name day to all you Angelas out there, including my own, our own beautiful Angela, uh, Angela Grace. Uh, happy feast day. Uh, we're going to go to today's gospel, and um, a beautiful, beautiful, one of my favorites because uh, of it's very, very obviously one of the most well-known, the sower and the seed. And Let me first pray the gospel, and then I'll share with you some reflections uh, on this parable of the sower and the seed from uh, in conversation with God, some wonderful reflections. Let's go to uh, today's Holy Gospel, and this is from the Gospel according to Mark. On another occasion, Jesus began to teach by the sea. A very large crowd gathered around him so that he got into a boat on the sea and sat down, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on land. And he taught them at length in parables, and in the course of his instruction he said to them, Hear this, 
A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some of the seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it produced no grain. And some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit. It came up and grew and yielded thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. He added, Whoever has ears to hear ought to hear. And when he was alone, those present along with the twelve questioned him about the parables. He answered them, The mystery of the kingdom of God has been granted to you. But to those outside, everything comes in parables, so that they may look and see, but not perceive, and hear and listen, but not understand, in order that they may not be converted and be forgiven. Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand any of the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones on the path where the word is sown as Soon as they hear, Satan comes at once and takes away the word sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground who, when they hear the word, receive it at once with joy. But they have no roots. They last only for a time. Then when tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Those sown among thorns are another sort. They are the people who hear the word, but worldly anxiety, the lure of riches, and the craving for other things intrude and choke the word, and it bears no fruit. But those sown on rich soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it, and bear fruit thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That's one of those, getting back to what the Holy Father said, that's one of those where we have to maybe take a look at ourselves and, and think, okay, well, which one, which, where are we in this? You know, maybe 30, 20, 30 years ago, we were not where we are now. So we may have been in a different place. But I, I, let me share with you from In Conversation with God, because Father Francis Fernandez, again, has this wonderful reflection, and he makes some obviously, obviously wonderful points, better than I could ever make. That's why I want to share this with you. Our, he said, our Lord wanted to explain through this parable that God copiously pours out his grace on everyone. The laborer does not look for different qualities in the soil beneath his feet, but freely casts his seed in a natural and indiscriminate way. In the same way, God does not make any distinction between rich and poor, the learned and the ignorant, the fervent and the lukewarm, the man who is cowardly and the man of courage. God sows his seed in everyone. He gives each single one the help he or she needs for salvation. So that's, a, again, a wonderful point. Maybe you never thought about it. The sower went out to sow the seed. 
And it didn't say he only put it where there was fertile ground. He sowed everywhere. And Father Fernandez makes the wonderful point that so it is with our Lord. Through Almighty God, who pours out his grace on everyone. He's not uh, looking for different qualities of individuals. He's pouring his grace out on everybody. And then Father Fernandez says at work, in the office, or in the pharmacy, in the surgery, in the studio, the shop, the hospital ward, out in the fields, at the theater, everywhere, just where we happen to be, we can make God's message known. It is God himself who scatters the seed in souls and who, in due time, causes growth. And then as a quote from Augustine, we are simply day laborers, for it is God who does the sowing. We are fellow workers in his field. Jesus goes out about his task by means of us Christians. Christ presses the grain in his wounded hands, soaks it in his blood, cleans it, purifies it, and throws it into the furrows, into the world. That's from a, a um, teaching from uh, St. Jose Maria Escrivá. And he does this with infinite generosity. And then Father Fernandez says, and, and now it's time, our turn, to prepare the earth and to plant seed in God's name. We shouldn't let any opportunities go by for making our God known, whether it be journeys, leisure, work, sickness, chance meetings, all can be an opportunity to sow in somebody the seed that later will come to fruition. And, and you know, there's something that uh, we've been talking about it this week, about our faithful discipleship, you know, and, and, and what it means to be a disciple, to be apostolic, that what we have, we are called, we, we, we're called to be the sowers. We're, we're called to go out and then spread that seed. What we have, what we've been given, what we've embraced, what we live, what we cherish in our life, what gives us joy. We want to, as, as Father Fernandez says, there's, there's ample opportunity every single day for us to bring that word and, and to bring Jesus to others. But then he made a point here that really, I, you know, as, I, as you know, if you listen to this program, we talk about the prayer requests that we get, and, and I've been doing this for 26 years now, over 20, into my 26th year. And we've always been asking people to send us your prayer requests, and, and probably the most common uh, prayer request we get in the past 26 years and have gotten as a whole generation now uh, is of parents asking us to pray for their adult children who have left the church, who have left the faith. How many of you listening right now are in that same situation? Have adult grown children who just don't practice the faith anymore, and you, you, you sent them through Catholic school, or at least you showed them, you gave them a great example with uh, Sunday Mass, maybe even daily Mass and prayer and, and um, living your life according to the ways of the Church, and, and you brought them up and raised them that way, and they're gone. They've, they've left. They have, no, they have no interest. They've lost. They've, they've you know, wavered in, in their faith, and they've, they've walked away. 
Well, let me share something with you here from Father Fernandez. He said, The sower's seed fell everywhere. In the field, on the path, among thorns, on rocky ground. He said, What reason could we have for sowing seed among thorns or stones or on the much trampled path? If it had to be a matter of seed and of good earth, he would have no reason because it is not possible for stone to become productive soil or that the path should cease to be a path, or that the thorns should stop being what they are. With souls, it is otherwise. It is possible for stone here to be transformed into rich loam, and for the path no longer to be trodden on or to remain an open thoroughfare to all those who pass by, as for all these to become instead a fertile field. It is possible for the thorns to disappear and for the seed to bear fruit on the ground. And that was from St. John Chrysostom. There is no ground which is too hard or that it has been previously been too poorly cultivated for God. If we are humble and patient, our prayer and our mortifications can obtain from God the grace that is needed to transform, uh, transform the interior dispositions of the souls we want to bring closer to him. So, my friends, we have to pray for those souls, pray for those within our own family, children. Just pray. If we are humble and patient, our prayer and our mortification can obtain from God the grace that is needed to transform the interior dispositions of those souls to grow closer to him. And then he said, Father Fernandez writes, Work with souls is always effective. God often, in an unsuspected way, makes our efforts bear fruit. The apostolic mission is sometimes to sow without being able to see any fruits. At other times it is reaping what others have sown with their words or with their pain offered up in a hospital bed or with their hidden and monotonous work, which has remained unnoticed by human eyes, which ever is the case, God wants sower and reaper to rejoice together. And, you know, there too, my friends, we, we find ourselves in situations where it seems like it's impossible. You know, we, we're just wasting our time. This is never going to happen. But we have to be patient. We have to be patient. Now, he went on to say, and this is from um, a, I guess, a writing by an author whose last name was Chevreau, The Well of Life. Father Fernandez, as a prelude, says, It may sometimes seem that the seed has fallen on rocky ground or among thorns, and that the fruit we are hoping for is taking a long time to make its appearance. At these moments, when we see the green blade does not come up, and when we want, uh, uh, when we want it, we have to reject any trace of pessimism. And in this uh, writing by this uh, author's last name is Chevreau, you are often mistaken when you say, "I brought my children up wrongly," or "I did not know how to do good to those around me." What happens is that you have not achieved the result you were hoping for that you do not yet see the fruit you would have wished for because the harvest is not yet ripe. 
What does matter is that you have sown the seed, that you have given God to souls. So think about, again, I'm speaking directly to those of you whose maybe adult children have left the faith. What matters is you have sown the seed in those children. A lifetime, or at least the time they were with you in their formative years. You've given God to them. And this writer says, when God wants, those souls will return to him. You may not be there to see it, but there will be others who will gather in what you have sown. What matters is that Christ, on whose behalf we have made so much effort, will be beside us. We don't know, but those seeds have been sown. And sadly, in today's world, my brothers and sisters, you know, that's, that's an all-too-familiar situation that brother and sister Catholics have to go through. I raised my children Catholic. I gave them everything they need, 12 years of Catholic school or at least Catholic education, uh, the CCD, made, they made all their sacraments. We gave them good example. We, 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 we prayed together. We uh, talked about the faith. We talked about God. And now they don't even go to church anymore. Now they've completely walked away from the church, walked away from their faith. They don't believe. But we're reminded, and I, I, I love this because I, I, I want to. I almost want to take this passage every time I receive a, a prayer request from a, a disheartened parent who asks for prayer for their grown child who has left the church to say that you're mistaken. You have uh, what do, what matters here is that you have sown the seed in those children. You have given God to them. And when God wants, in his time, those souls will return to him. You may not be there to see it, but there will be others who will gather in what you have sown. So this whole parable that our Lord gave to the people there on the shore as he was out in the boat, 2,000 years ago, again, speaks directly to us today. This is what Holy Father was talking about earlier in his teaching at the general audience about that it's not just the recitation uh, of, of Scripture that we're, you know, like parrots just saying the words. We're actually encountering Jesus here in these words. You know, maybe one day in, in my, and I know there probably was in the course of my life, because I'm a cradle Catholic, but they, I had my moments of, Ups and downs. I don't remember. I think I can. I can only remember one Sunday where I intentionally didn't go to mass. I told my parents I was going to mass. I probably was in college. I was going to mass, and I went to the park instead. <laughs> Mister Rebellion. I think that's the only time I ever did that. <laughs> but that's you know the, the worst parts of my life are parts I can't even talk about on the radio. <laughs> Between Sundays. But, you know, so, you know, I was the rocky soil. I, I was the, the soil that, that where the, the thorns grew around it. I, I was the, you know, the, 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 uh, the unfruitful soil. We all were at one point, I guess. 
I'm sure my mother, who prayed a lot, prayed for me many times in those uh, crazy days. But you and I now, we are the sowers, you know, especially if we have children, growing children. We're, we're, we're scattering the seed with them. We're, we're, we're planting the seed. We're, we're uh, giving them God. And if that seed does initially does not initially take root, be patient. God will take care of it. If we have done what scare what what, what scares me sometimes though is the, the the people who have left the church. You know the those millennials and the generation that followed them who have left. If if they don't bring their children up in the faith, what's going to happen down the road? You know, you and I will be in heaven praying for our children and grandchildren for their souls, their mortal souls, and, our, and maybe our ancestors are in heaven praying for us and for our generations. But it's important to remember that God, our all-loving God, who, who, who wants nothing more than for every single one of his children to be with him forever in heaven, even at the very end, and we're given that example uh, by the good thief on the cross, even in the end, we know that the Lord will come through and he will be there. All right, my friends. Well, I guess I got to go. All right. Uh, again, no, uh, there was no video today because I had to pre-record, but I'll be back again tomorrow, God willing. I do pray you have a blessed, happy, and holy rest of your day. I thank you for being a part of my day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you.